you guys, it's Ghosted Stories, and you got Chelsea. And Aaron. And we have on the phone, I love a good phoner. Mm. We haven't had a phoner in a while. And we have on the phone with us today, we have Leah Marshall. Welcome, Leah. Thank you, guys. So I'm thrilled to be here. You, Thank you. We're so thrilled to have you um, via technology. And so, Leah, <laughs> you wear many hats. I mean, well, so you work in marketing by day. Is this right? I do. For National That's Marketing true. Association. But then you also, I mean, you're sort of a self-proclaimed relationship dynamics junkie. Uh-huh. And you've, you know, written for various outlets about relationships. So tell us where your love of relationship dynamics stems from. Um, you know, it's interesting. So my dad is a psychologist mm-hmm. and okay, I didn't. Okay. Yeah. So I think it might be in the genes. Um, and I didn't really realize the impact that I think it's had until recently. But bottom line, I think that the magic in our lives comes from our relationships. Um, And I've, I've always been fascinated with them, like what creates attraction, what Mm -hmm. kills it, what can turn someone from totally interested to not often in an instant. Yes. Um, And this is a line actually from Esther Perel, who I'll probably quote throughout this interview. Oh my God. My therapist (laughs) loves her. My therapist, (laughs) shout out to Dr. Rachel, who turned me on to Esther. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She just sent me her podcast recently. What's her podcast? Mm -hmm. What's it called? I forget what it's called. Leah, do you remember? Her podcast is called Where Should We Begin? Oh, yeah. I've had that in the queue for a while. I need to start listening. (laughs) That's great. Anyway, sorry. Sorry to to derail. No, no derailing at all. In fact, shout out to Esther Perel's podcast, Where Should We Begin? Um, So essentially, it's simulated couples therapy. So people, so she's, um, I think, been doing um, therapy for over 35 years, in addition to being like a prolific author and speaker. Um, But people write into her to be um, a guest on the show. And they often write in with problems related to their marriage or their sex life or intimacy issues, sometimes infidelity or cheating. Um, And it is fascinating. Um, You know, everything from um, one partner wanted to have kids and the other was kind of on the fence. And now that they have a family, like the sex life is shot. And how do you deal with that to um, probably my favorite episode of all time was um, a couple, they were evangelical Christians that got engaged before they had ever had any physical contact. Oh my and God. the very Wait. first time they kissed, there <gasps> was, it was like kissing her brother. Oh um, my and Esther, God. Yeah, so crazy. not even any, cause I was going to say like half of the people I went to college with, I went to like a very conservative college and a lot of people, I mean, yeah. wait, waited till marriage to have sex, but wow, to not even have any physical contact. That's mm. next level. And what Esther does in that episode is so like creative and almost genius level. Um, and then I won't go into it too deep because I don't want to spoil it, yeah, but no, it, involves, no spoilers. It, it involves like a very creative form of role playing um, that, that works really well. Um, oh. So anyway, so highly recommend that podcast, highly recommend anything she does, but <laughs> getting back to this quote, um, she says the quality of our relationships determines the quality of our lives. Wow. And yet, no one teaches us how to do relationships. Like we learn, we learn all this stuff in school, like calculus and geometry and grammar. Um, But no one really teaches us like how to be a great partner or a great lover. And 
basically we learn from our parents who often do the best they can, but, you know, aren't necessarily like the guaranteed paradigm of success. And we learn from friends and family and kind of similarly um, observe what they do, but Mm. they don't always know the best way. And so if you think about it, unless you kind of seek out the top experts in relationships and human dynamics, you kind of just get what you've been, the cards that you've been given in life or cards that you've been dealt. Um, And so within the, within the past few years, I've become a total learning junkie when it comes to relationships and had some pretty interesting experiences dating too that, um, that, you know, I I shared with you um, in the form of like blog posts or storytelling events that I recorded. Um, And I guess, the bottom line is there's nothing more gratifying to me to like throw yourself all into a life experience and then stumble and fall and use it as inspiration to learn and grow and then share your experiences with others. Sure. I'm with you on that. And this, I mean, this podcast and lots of other projects I've worked on too. I just, I love hearing other people's stories Mm -hmm. and being able, and I love also you know, I think why Aaron and I do this podcast, it's like we like to be able to bring stories to people so that everyone listening feels l- not alone. You right. know, 100%, it's like we're all yes. just like out there fucking up and uh, <laughs> yes. we're all doing it together the best we can. Um, so, yeah, we're totally with you there. Well, so um, before we get into your story, I want to make sure the audience knows as much about you as possible. So first okay. of all. We want the audience to be able to envision you in their mind's eye. And just yes. per se, they were just like able to listen to this podcast, but not have access to Google. Uh, yeah. Who would play you in the in the movie about you in your like lifetime movie of Leah Marshall? A.K.A. Well, like, who's your celebrity doppelganger? Who do you get? Oh, my God. This is so funny because I actually there are two that I always get, um, but they're not who I pick because okay. I would want. I would Pretty want, um, I would want someone in particular. Okay. So the two I get. <laughs> now we need are, to hear all three. <laughs> Jennifer Aniston, which oh. I actually don't see at all. Cause I have green eyes and brown hair and she's like a blonde with blue eyes. But I think it's something about like the face, okay. like the, the shape of my face. I'm staring <laughs> at you right now on my computer. So I think, what I, can, do you think? I can see the facial. Yeah. I can see like the mm-hmm. facial structure, like maybe even like the shape of your eyes somehow. Yeah, I'm with I'm here for it. And then the other one I get, which cracks me up, because I don't see it at all. But I've literally been stopped in grocery stores yelled at from afar with people like shouting this celebrity's name at me. (laughs) I actually once had an Uber driver similarly, who like wouldn't keep his eyes on the road and just like (gasps) turn back staring at me talking at me for talking at me for about like five minutes about how similar I look to this woman. Oh my god. And it's the singer Celine Dion. Oh my god! <laughs> That's such a Which good I, one. I also what do you like think, Karen. I really do I see Celine? That. I can see it. Yeah. We Are you French Canadian? Because you do look a little French Canadian. Not even. I mean, I'm Polish German Jew. Oh. Not even close. <laughs> <laughs> Not even close. Um, and we also don't have like the same body type at all. Like she's incredibly slender, and I'm Damn. kind of more like active muscular. Um, but you know, like both are, um, incredibly flattering. Both I'll are take both. Very and great women who don't look a thing like each other either. Yeah. That's what's <laughs> interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they wouldn't get confused for each other. No. What um, about who? Gonna... Yeah. Who do you want to get? 
I would I would not settle for anyone besides Jennifer Lawrence. Oh. Oh. Everyone's oh, best friend. J-Lo fan. All right. Yes. Yeah. I, I love like her. And, and I, I can, love I can see it too a little bit. I could see, <laughs> see some J-Lo on you. All right. Great. Um, yeah. And then also give everyone just sort of the the brief life story of your relationship history so we know how to contextualize then the story that you're going to give us. Like, are you a relationship person? Are you mostly single? How many serious relationships? Give us the full rundown. Yeah, I would say I'm definitely a lover of relationships. Um, I think relationships are our greatest teachers. Um, and I'm a total learning junkie, not just when it comes to human dynamics, but just like learning in general. Right. Um, and so I'm definitely someone who really, really appreciates great relationships. I've had a lot of models of great relationships in my life, um, you know, from parents to friends, um, and I also seek out, uh, you know, amazing models that, you know, you know, folks in the, the public space that I really respect and admire. Um, but I personally actually have had have not had a lot of long term relationships. Um, and I think it's just because um, I, I have a lot of passions and I really elevate time for learning and growth in my life. Um, and this might sound funny, but if you think about it, like, let's say, um, I connect with someone on an app and we have a phone conversation and it's like good enough. Um, but like an hour before I had just listened to Cory Booker give the commencement speech at Stanford. And I feel like in the age we live in, that's kind of what potential mates are competing with. It's like, okay, I could either stay home on Saturday afternoon and listen to like the world's greatest leaders and learn from them and expand my mind. Or, you know, I could go out with a guy that I just had a phone call with who's like interesting enough, but not necessarily rocking my world in the same way. Sure. So I see what you're saying a little bit. So like, right. As you're just in this day and age, I sound like I'm a million years old. <laughs> <laughs> right. there's like yeah there's so many things competing for our time right it's like why and would we just like arbitrarily give our time to some dude who like wasn't terrible on tinder yeah and for me it's all about like I I don't want to be with someone unless I'm really adding value to their life and I don't right. want to be with someone unless they're adding value to mine sure um recently I heard a really interesting explanation of why we enter into relationships. And essentially, there are three categories. Um, so I'd say um, one that maybe we think of kind of more um, like old school, like our parents would have entered into would have been safety and security, whether it's like economic security or physical safety, you know, you enter into a partnership to be taken care of to take care of each other, vice versa. Or maybe even we think of that like at our grandparents level. Right. Um, and then the second type would be like for fun and pleasure, like having fun adventures together and, you know, joie de vivre and, um, and travel and um, great food. Um, and then the third, which is how I would characterize um, my desire for relationships is it's about growing and developing mm -hmm. um, both on a personal level, but also as a pair. And so unless I'm connecting with someone where I really feel like that's going to be the case, um, I'm going to grow personally as a result of being with them. 
Um, and then I'm going to grow through, you know, being in a couple with them. Um, I would just, you know, I, I prefer to kind of do my own thing. And I'd say that the plus side of that is that I've gotten really, really good at being super happy on my own. Yeah. And the downside is maybe I've gotten a little too good, <laughs> Yeah, totally. too good and too comfortable. Um, because yeah. like I said, I really believe that the greatest growth in our lives comes from our experiences in relationship. I think they expose parts of ourself that maybe need healing that we didn't even realize it until we were with another person and they kind of held that mirror up to ourselves. So, right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I'm definitely, I'm, I'm less of a relationship person. I'm kind of more of like, um, um, a solo, solo type, um, but definitely incredibly interested in relationship. Just don't, just don't um, stay in a relationship unless it's really adding um, right. significant value to my life. I'm with you. I totally relate to that. I feel like my yeah. self-concept always has been as a single person. It's just sort yeah. of like how I contextualize myself because I so most often am. And even now, or yeah, then even being in a relationship when I am now or when I have been in the past, it's like you still, but then I think that makes it healthier, you know, when you still are like, have your own sense of identity and then like exactly like you said but then it's sometimes harder to find then that other person that meshes with your self-concept when yeah. it's already so fully formed so it's like the the double-edged sword yeah exactly I mean I, yeah. I just find it interesting that you uh like I definitely agree with sort of those three types of relationships and I definitely agree that the reason for being with somebody and any sort of relationship is always to grow with that person and to sort of create something new and learn what you can from that person. Uh, and that's why I don't ever think that there's any relationship um, that is a like was pointless because I think no matter what, even if he was an asshole or something, you definitely learned something from him. Um, but then I find it interesting that you are so interested in relationships, but then you seem to not spend much time in them. Are you sort of like, is it one or two dates? And then you're like, Oh, I don't think this guy is really has anything to teach me or sort of like, what is your process for, for deciding if you want to move forward with somebody or not? Well, what's, what's interesting is the, the story that I'm going to share today and kind of like the lessons coming out of it was actually an experience where I dated a guy for two months this is so funny. There's so many twists and turns in the story. Do you want to just, just, just tell go it? into just, it? Yeah, we could just, just get started. Okay, just I don't do want to like spoil it. Like, just okay, just go, just yeah, go for it. Let's I'll just dive it. in. Yeah. Um, and I'm actually, I'll use his first name because I noticed that with Modern Love, um, the New York Times column, mm-hmm. uh, they actually, if you're submitting a story to Modern Love, they say you have to, like, you can't um, make it anonymous. You have to use true names. What? And so I guess, yeah, I guess that's kind of the trend now is like we're in such um, a hyper, I don't know, like out there public world. That, that is so um, strange. I mean, we're yeah. fine with it if you're yeah. fine with it. I mean, as yeah. long as there's no, as long as there's no, like, is it a super <laughs> specific name no. or is it like Matthew? It's pretty common. Okay. It's pretty common. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's super common. Um, okay. So this is a guy who um, we met actually just under a year ago on the dating app Coffee Meets Bagel. Mm-hmm. And what is your way? I'm derailing you already. What is your dating app preference? How would you rank them? Is that like one of uh, your faves? Is there one that you're like, no more? Um, okay. So um, I would say probably my least favorite is Bumble. 
Oh, really? Um, Why is that? That seems to be falling down in the ranks for yeah, a lot of people. it is. Yeah. I think that it's because I truly believe that there are certain biological forces in dating or mating or however you want to phrase it um, that just hold true. And I think that it's it just works better when the guy makes the first move. And I believe that um, women are responsible for giving the guy indication that they're interested you know, so if I was in, let's say I was like in Whole Foods and there was like a cute guy behind me in line, like striking up a conversation with him or giving him a compliment or just asking him for advice um, as a way to initiate a conversation. I feel like that kind of falls on the woman because otherwise you're simply left with the guys that uh, approach you. And those tend to be the guys that approach every woman and might not necessarily be like the best fit. Okay. So I think like okay. women, women should identify men they're interested in and give them an indication um, that the interest is there, but then let the guy make the first move. Okay. And I don't like that Bumble kind of flips that on its head and, and has women making the first move. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I actually really like the dating app Hinge. I don't know why. 95% of the men that contact me are more than 10 years younger than me, which is, <laughs> which is really not a good fit. Um, so so I'm 36. Um, I would say I probably look younger than I am. Um, and I would imagine a lot of early 20-year-olds are not reading the actual text in a profile. They're probably sure. just looking at pictures. So right. totally right. fair. Um, but I, I like the um, I like the user experience of Hinge. I just don't um, necessarily, like, I'm not a great fit with the matches I get. <laughs> um, Coffee Meets Bagel, I feel like the guys tend to be a little bit more relationship-minded, which is nice. Okay. Um, they tend to be very ethnically diverse, I would say, of all of the dating apps they tend to like really draw right <laughs> across cultures which I have you know heard that before too yeah, yeah that one so that's um that's so yeah so coffee meets bagel is what i met ben on and i i've met some decent guys on tinder um knowing that i've dated long term but um i think any app like kind of becomes what you make of it yeah and, for sure i agree yeah totally. so uh so, so ben and i met yeah so we met on coffee meets bagel um, and it was one of those things where like we both matched and then he sent me a note and it like fell under my radar. And then he like, uh, somehow like rematched us using points or whatever system they have and reached out again. And, um, and we connected and Ben, Ben is like really, really smart. Um, and it's like this, it's this interesting mix of, He's intellectual, but not in like a nerdy way, in like a Malcolm Gladwell, like, oh my God, tell me more type way. Uh Um, And that's, for me, that's the biggest aphrodisiac out there. Like words, conversation, learning, as I've kind of indicated so far. Um, I just, I can't get enough. Um, And so we had some like fun initial exchanges via text. And I don't meet anyone unless we've done a phone call, because I think you can actually tell pretty quickly if they have the type of energy and confidence and like creativity that are, or at least those are three things that I would look for um, in a phone call early on. Um, Cause if those things aren't, they are, you know, not probably not going to be interested. Right. Um, we had a, so we had a great initial phone call and then um, uh, he had scheduled a fun 
first date for us um, at the Lincoln Park Zoo, but it ended up being like tickets were sold out. So we ended up going for just a really beautiful stroll um, around uh, Lincoln Park and then um, actually out to my favorite restaurant for dinner. Um, And it's just like the conversation flowed effortlessly. Um, And he has one of the best senses of humor and just, you know, wit and intelligence of like pretty much anyone I've ever met. Um, Super, super sexy. Um, And we ended up dating for two months um, and everything from, um, and that was like in the initial month, it was like very much him pursuing. So it was everything from like him saying, you know, would love to, you know, cook you dinner to um, there was one time when his car got locked in his garage because they were re-cementing the path right outside his garage. And so he was just going to take an Uber to work. And I'm like, let's have an adventure. Like, let's bike to your work. Because it was like a pretty significant, you know, like 10 mile plus bike rides. We ended up (laughs) like biking to his work and he had a sailboat on Lake Michigan. um, And so, you know, like took me out on his boat and got like fancy French takeout and looked at the beautiful, um, you know, skyline um, at night in Chicago to like watching movies in the park to playing like ping pong and, you know, him introducing me to his friends. It's a real montage of a relationship, it yeah. sounds like. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like <laughs> midnight, like he calls me up and like we hang out. Like it yeah. was, we were, you know, we were getting to know each other and, and sharing aspects of ourselves. And were you guys and, at this point, like what, what did it become? Tell me, I'm sorry if I'm stepping on on what you're about to say did it were you exclusive was it just like you assumed (laughs) but not okay was this part of it so so about a month okay so um maybe uh after our sixth date our very our sixth date was the um you know it was um like a saturday night um in or no sorry it was a friday because that morning we had biked to his work And then that evening, he's like, I'd love to take you out on my boat. And that's when we did uh, the, you know, the fancy French takeout um, and then like went out uh, on the water and looked at the skyline. Beautiful. And um, after that, you know, it was like uh, around midnight. We're going to head home and um, got back to his place. And at this point, we hadn't been involved sexually, but it was like clear that it was getting to that point. Right. Okay. So so I said. And this was like, let's just say like we're in bed, we haven't had sex yet, but I'm in kind of a compromising position. Okay. So okay. I, I say to him, I'm like, just so you know, I don't have sex outside of an exclusive relationship. And in my head, uh, I would have bet like a million dollars that he would be like, of course, you know, like, why, why would I have been doing all of these things and investing so much time and energy right. and like elaborate, you know, if I thoughtful, wasn't dates. Interested. Yeah. yeah. So, so he looks at me and he's like, he's like, listen, I'm just out of a two year relationship. Um, and I'm not really looking for anything serious. <laughs> and so, oh my God. So I had one of those moments, like totally caught me off guard. Um, and so in my head, I'm like, okay, um, I'm just going to move him down a peg on my priority list and continue to date other guys. Um, but the truth was, at that point, I was interested in him. And the other guys I was meeting, like, they really just didn't even come close right. to, right. Um, you know, to what I to what I felt that's, with Ben. That's how they get you. Yeah, I know. Right? Also, like so, sidebar, where are the guys in New York? Like, I need to tell my boyfriend that there are guys out here just taking women on casual, non-committal, boat like boat 
dates. <laughs> I don't know one person with a boat. This is this is an amazing story. <laughs> this right. is also it sounds like love bombing too. It sounds like it does so sound much. Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to step on anything. Keep going. Yeah. So um, I think so. So after that, we continued to date for a month, um, and things you know like. He, uh, the next time we went out, he called me up and said, listen, it was around the f- time of the 4th of July. He's like, listen, I'm, you know, throwing a party, inviting some friends to come out to the dock. Would love for you to join us. And like, I spent the day with him and his buddies on his boat. And then the next day we went to their beautiful dunes just outside of Chicago. Um, so like, think of like sandy rolling beachy dunes. So we did like a road trip there um, and like spent the day um in the sand and like weirdly we both played badminton in high school (laughs) and so so, like we brought like badminton rackets and we're like um playing uh just beside the beach um so uh yeah so we we continued to to date after that conversation um and one of the things that was weird is in my head I was assuming we absolutely weren't exclusive right and when we were on the boat together one of his buddies was like He's like, oh, my God, like, don't mess this up. Like, is this your girlfriend? Or I'm sorry, he said uh, um, that didn't make sense. But like he, he said, like, oh, is this your girlfriend? And then like as a side note, like, you know, don't mess this up. She's the catch. Right. Um, and then responded, yes, which like totally surprised me because like we had never we had never had that conversation. And the last conversation um, you had, he was like, look, it's not that serious. I'm just yeah. taking you on right. boats now and then. But right. had you guys been intimate or you had, you had sort of like shut it down when he said um, that? You don't so, have to answer that also if it's too private. No, right? that's fine. So, um, so yeah, so we ended up, we ended up being sexually active. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, which in retrospect I mean, obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty. In my head, I think one of the challenges with like um, valuing yourself and having confidence is like in your head, um, you're like, oh, well, he just needs some like time and space to heal, and of course, like he'll realize how wonderful I am. Right. Um, there's this Maya Angelou quote. I hope I don't mess it up, but it's something like, when someone tells you who they are, believe them the first time. Right. Um, yeah, totally. And I think that's so valuable. So yeah, so we so so we ended up being um sexually active. If I could go back in time, I think I would have in that moment when he's like, I'm not ready for anything exclusive, I would have just like gotten up and left and not um, you know, not seen him again until he was ready because right. that's important to me. Um but of course, you know you just hindsight is so different. Yeah, you're kind <laughs> you of and like that. you said, like you don't when you're not like very interested in anyone else and dating yeah. gets so fucking old after a while. You and know, he has a right? boat. and this guy, yes, like cute and has a boat and you're into it. It's like yeah. what, what were yeah. you supposed to do? Right. Um so okay, so so like the first month was kind of like leading up to that conversation and like the second month um, it was great. I noticed him um, maybe not being quite as proactive in terms of like making plans, but we were still doing, you know, all of the cool things that I, I shared. Um, and then he um, he kind of about two months in, he um, I had like just texted him something fun and it took him like about a day to respond, which was really unusual because we were always, you know, we were texting quite a bit. Right. Um, and he's like, hey, do you have a sec for a phone call? Um, And so we ended up chatting that afternoon. 
Um, and he said, listen, he's like, I'm sorry, I've kind of been MIA. I've just been noticing myself um, um, really appreciating having time to like see my friends again and like focus on my work and like, you know, spend time on my passions in a way that I hadn't when I was in this relationship. And he's like, and I feel bad because I'm not being the the guy that I would want to be when I'm with a woman. Um, and basically what I said to him is like, listen, you should like, you should be doing the things you love. You should be seeing your friends. You should be able to like feel good about the work that you're producing um, in your job. Like, and I would want you to like want the same things for me. Like that's kind of what a partnership is about is right. like, you know, you're well-rounded and you're helping the person like become the best version of yourself. Right. Um, and I remember thinking, and he like all of a sudden, like his voice changed and he sounded like so relieved. And then he was able to kind of be his like funny self again. Um, and I remember getting off the phone and being like, that was like the best conversation ever. And then after that call, everything just like went south. Like he really, uh-huh. he, he got like very distant and, um, my birthday, um, it was a summer birthday. And around the time of my birthday party, he had uh, made plans to go on um, kind of like an outdoorsy camping trip. And um, we had like a really nice, like one hour plus phone call before he left for the trip. Um, and then, uh, you know, he was he was out of town for about a week or two. And I text him uh, about two weeks later, I text him just like a funny, a funny memory that we had. Um, I mentioned, uh, for one of our dates, um, we, so we had had a, a salmon cook off cause he's like, I'd love to make <laughs> you my famous smoked salmon. And I'm like, well, I have a famous like broiled salmon. I'm like, why don't we get a little, why don't we like raise the stakes, have a little fun and it will be your smoked versus my, versus my broiled salmon. And so, so I fun. text him. Yeah, it was, it was incredibly, um, fun, sexy night. Um, so I was out, uh, having a salad at a restaurant and it was like a smoked salmon salad. So I took a picture of it and sent it to him and I said, yours is better. And that was it. And I didn't hear from him for five weeks oh, after that. Oh my God. So he just completely, oh he completely, God. he completely disappeared. Yeah. And we always um, know it's coming and we're always surprised. I know, right? Every goddamn oh, time. Yeah. Oh um, my God. How many times did you analyze? Were you like looking at the picture of the smoked salmon salad? Like, yeah. was it the lighting? <laughs> was it, did I was not it frame filter? it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and what was so funny is like, it totally, um, I had had an experience with ghosting about maybe uh, six months before meeting Ben. Okay. And so um, I feel like the work, again, like, even relationships that don't work out can be incredible teachers. And there were um, a lot of lessons that I got out of that initial experience with ghosting. Um, I think that closure is extremely overrated. um, And I don't, I'm not the type of person who, even if I have like a meaningful experience, like I did with Ben, like I'm not going to follow up with a phone call or like, Hey, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are a million different ways to contact someone, even if you lose your phone right. or, you know, something happens. Um, so I just, you know, I just chalk it up to a loss and move on. And then of course, um, you know, Ben reached back out five weeks later and basically he said, Um, he's like, I know you're not wanting to, you're probably not wanting to hear from me or expecting to hear from me. Um, he's like, I just wanted to apologize. He's like, um, 
I hope you could forgive me. This wasn't part of a plan, which of course is like an idiotic thing to say. Um, But I think that I, so, okay. So it wasn't part of a plan. He's like, I hope you can forgive me. And then he, he was clearly like looking at my Facebook page because he asked me a question about, um, um, uh, actually a conference that I was at. Um, I don't know if you guys know Lewis Howe's, um, school of greatness podcast. It's one of my favorites and he hosts, um, an annual summit every year. And I was at the summit and I was like tweeting pictures. Actually, Esther Perel was one of the guests. Oh so I was like, tweeting Esther <laughs> Perel thing. quotes and they were showing up on my Facebook page. So clearly like whatever, he'd been looking at it and then asked me a question about it. And I said, um, I'm not, not interested in staying in touch. Um, but you know, forgive you. Um, cause he had asked for my forgiveness and, um, there's something about, I felt like, that for me really flipped a switch in um, a challenging way in that there was something about like, cause I was, it's easy to like really lose interest in someone when they treat you, you know, so horribly and ignore you and, you know, don't have the balls to communicate what's going on and not show you that respect. Um, for me, it was very easy to not reach out during that five week period. There was something about when he reached back out and apologized, even though it was like a lame shitty apology mm-hmm. um, and clearly showed that he didn't have a ton of um, self-awareness because right. he sounded like confused about why he did what he did. Did he? Well, yeah, um, what did he say? Did he say why or like, like did he give a No, a he just excuse? said he just said he's like. I'm so sorry. Um, I don't know why I did what I did. It wasn't part of a plan. I hope you can forgive me was essentially the essence of it. Um, And did he say like he want, did he say he wanted to keep in touch or meet up again or anything? Or was he just trying to like though make conversation as if like, Oh, now I apologize and everything's fine. (laughs) Right. We go Um, back to, he did, he did ask me like, um, he asked me a question. Like he said, I seem to, or he's like, I think I remember around this time that you were going to a conference that you were really excited about, um, like, how's it going or something, which I don't think we ever even talked about me going to this event. Right. So again, it was just like, he just him, him, like grasping at straws. Yeah. Um, um, I totally forgot what the question was. Then, then was he just so, was he then just trying to make small talk as if like, yeah, now ah. we're just going to chat or like, did he try oh. to say like, well, we should have a drink sometime or did you just shut it down? Like, I think that it was, it was a mix of guilt and um, him curious, like speaking validation, like him being curious, okay. like, could I still get a response from her, you know, even after this And so then you just time. shut it down and we're like, look, like we're not going to be in touch, but it's fine. Yeah, I so, said yeah. like I, you know, I forgive you, but I'm not interested in staying in touch. Right, Ooh, that's um, good. Yeah, that's great. Um, would have been good. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, boy. no, it's fine. I mean, I think that um, this has been, like I said, an incredible teacher, and I'll share kind of some of the learnings. But it, but his him reaching out again and apologizing definitely flipped a switch in me. So I went from like being totally uninterested and like really done to being. Um, to like, you know, feeling it, it almost like unleashed, like all of the feelings that I felt during the time that we were dating. Um, and so what happened was a few days later, um, there was the Las Vegas shooting and both of his parents oh. live in Vegas. Oh. And so in my head, I'm like, oh, I should, you know, just reach out and make sure that they're okay. 
Um, of course, like that was just, you know, that was an excuse to contact him. Right. Um, but again, like hindsight, hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, so we, we essentially struck up a conversation again. And then this is going to sound really funny, but I am a total dance fanatic and a huge part of my life. I mean, um, not funny <laughs> at all. Fantastic. <laughs> A huge part of my life over the past couple years is this dance studio in Chicago that unfortunately, right around the time that Ben ghosted, closed entirely unexpectedly. And I was dancing there like 20 hours a week. Um, and it was like everything. It was like my community. It was like my creative outlet. It was like my, uh, you know, it was, it was, um, you know, pole dancing and hip hop. And it was, you know, kind of had a sexy flirty vibe. Um, and it was, it was like truly one of my favorite things in the world. And they, um, they just had a very, they had, you know, poor management and like hadn't paid the rent in six months. And essentially we got evicted. Um, and there's nothing really similar in Chicago. And so Ben works in, um, real estate investing. And so again, after we were kind of back in touch, I reached out to him and, and he knew like Ben would always like pick me up uh, from, from my dance classes. So he knew how much the studio meant to me. So I, I shared what happened and he's like, that's horrible. And I'm like, listen, I'm, I'm like curious what it would take to open another studio. And, you know, he does real estate investing. And so again, it was just very clear that I was like grasping at straws at this point, but like I reached out to him and said like, would love to just pick your brain. Um, and so we ended up meeting in person, um, mm-hmm. for about, for, for about an hour. And, um, after, after that, I mean, even still to this day, it's funny cause, um, like the mind and the heart are so disconnected. And in my mind, it's just so crystal clear that I would never, um, I would never, you know, be okay with um, having a partner that would treat me in the way that he did. Um, And yet, I mean, even like six months later, after only having dated for about two months, like I still, I still have a lot of the feelings that I initially had. Of course. Um, Yeah. And so, Um, so it's been a bit of a journey, but what I will say is, um, the experience I've had with Ben unleashed so much. I've, I've shared a lot of like kind of the, the tough moments and, and maybe some of the, like me not being the best version of myself moments, um, um, in terms of, um, acting in a way that like aligns with my standards. Um, but what I will say is the experience I had with him has inspired, so much growth and learning and a ton of creativity too. And I, I think creativity, I think it's, it was Brene Brown who said creativity is how we share our soul with the world, which I truly believe. Um, and I think it's one of the sexiest qualities someone can have. Oh. Um, and so after, um, after, Oh, <laughs> I didn't even tell you the funny part. So Ben and I randomly um, were at the same party on new year's Eve. It was, um, you know, at a, club in Chicago. And I didn't even realize it until he had texted me the next day and said, were you at, you know, so-and-so party on New Year's Eve? Um, And I'm like, that's kind of creepy. Like, how'd you know that? Because we're not connected on Facebook or anything. And he's like, oh, I saw you there. And in my head, I'm thinking like, why would you see me and like not say, you know, hello. And then I found out a couple days later that he's 
in a relationship. Oh, and I didn't, I didn't ask any questions. Um, cause it's, a, I just don't think that information would serve me at this point. Um, but you know, of course, ironic that the person who didn't want to be in the relationship is, oh, um, nice. and here oh, I am yeah, the person, you know, that was like interested in something meaningful. Um, and I'm dating. Um, but okay. So I did want to share, I feel like from, from the past two experiences I've had, both of which ironically have ended in ghosting, I feel like I've kind of developed this um, effective plan for recovery um, that I wanted to share with listeners because yes. I definitely have benefited yes. from a lot of blog posts and podcasts on, on bouncing back. Um, so the first thing I love to do is I'll go to like a favorite restaurant of mine and get get a cocktail and um, and and bring a journal with me and just kind of reflect on the experience. So like, mm. what are the things that I actually you know, did well in this relationship? You know, what were the moments where I articulated standards and held to them? You know, what growth have I seen? Um, or, or what growth did I exhibit since my past relationship? Because I actually noticed some things that in previous relationships I hadn't done that I did with Ben that I was actually quite proud of. Um, and then I like to just like take a moment to appreciate the heaven moments, like the you know, the moments that like, oh, you'll just never forget because they were magical and, um, you know, all the feelings that that came up um, as a result of them. Um, and then I also like to look at like, what were the qualities that this person had um, that I want to cultivate more of in myself? Like mm -hmm. Ben had a great like mm -hmm. sense of adventure, really spontaneous, like super intellectual, um, obviously incredibly funny, great conversationalist. Um, he was a really good listener and complimenter as well. So thinking about like, you know, what are the qualities that I was attracted to that I could do a better job of cultivating in myself? And then also what are the qualities that this person had that I would want, um, you know, in my next partner? Um, and then like, what, what are kind of the biggest lessons that I got out of this experience? And then like, what are the, what are like the fuzzy points or like, what are the outstanding questions that I feel like I need to um, get clarity on um, in order to like, you know, be a better partner in my next relationship. So I think that that, that process is really valuable. Um, and I did a lot, a lot of journaling around it. And then because I'm a dork, I love to like audio record my notes and then listen oh, wow. to them as a way to like, um, kind of just internalize internalize the points and the key takeaways. So I did that. So that Ooh, was kind I'm of step in. one. Yeah, I'm all it. I'm all That's step one. <laughs> That's so, a big... yeah, that's, yeah, that's step one is kind of just like the journaling the and the reflecting. Yeah. Yeah. And then the step two, that's when you, I just dive into content. So whether it's like books, for example, I read this book called Attached by Amir Levine. Have you heard of it? No. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. This was groundbreaking for me because I actually... Um, before meeting Ben, I'd probably done about a year and a half or two years of really, really diving into um, some of the top experts in relationships, dating, and attraction. One of my favorites is Matthew Hussey, who you've probably heard of, um, or or maybe not. He's um, he's I don't phenomenal. Know if I have. How, oh my so gosh! Like, I'll have to. We're so unread. <laughs> on our I know we need more like dynamics. yeah, yeah, for sure. Do some more research. Um. Well, okay, so he's, um, I would say, he's actually from the UK. Um, he was the resident expert on the Today Show for dating. Okay. Um, 
And there are a lot of things that I think are um, really valuable in his content, but he's known for having like very kind of creative, funny um, instructional videos about dating where the underlying theme is like having standards, valuing yourself, not letting yourself get, you know, pushed around in dating, which I think is incredibly important. Um, but, I, I just Googled him and I think yeah. I know who he is. Okay. Wait, is he dating on. Camilla Cabello? Sorry, sidebar. Okay, <laughs> go on. Okay. So what was interesting, though, is there was something, there was a concept that I had never come across um, in all of the, um, in all of the, um, you know, podcasts I'd listened to and articles I'd read about dating over the past year and a half that, um, that came up after everything happened with Ben. And it's called Attachment Theory. Um, and I, one of the preeminent books on it is called Attached. It's by Amir Levine. There's another book that I didn't like quite as much called Wired, Wired for Dating or Wired for Love. They're actually two separate books. Um, but I liked, I liked Attachment Theory. It was a little bit of, um, kind of more of like a behavioral economics type read. Um, and essentially it's the science of how we behave in romantic relationships. Mm. Um, and I think often, like, you know, if you think of like the way society tells us, you know, we fall in love, it's like you have this amazing connection in chemistry and like, that's the most important thing. Um, and I thought what was so interesting about attachment theory is it essentially divides people into three camps and there are certain, um, there are certain pairings that are, that work a lot better than others. So about 50% of the population is secure, um, which means they're warm and loving in a relationship. They love to be close and intimate. They're not really um, very sensitive to rejection. They tend to be really good communicators. They kind of take things in stride when it comes to romance and don't easily get upset um, if a relationship doesn't work out. Um, and they tend to be secure because they had consistent parents, meaning parents mm -hmm. that showed them like love and support and like both parents were present um, and both parents were probably secure themselves. Um, and then there's the anxious style of attachment, um, which they love to be close and intimate, um, but they worry a lot about being abandoned or not being loved back. And that mm. often stems from inconsistent parents right. um, or a history of relationships with um, with people that would, you know, cause them to fe to fear being abandoned. Right. Um, and then what's interesting is so um, the the third camp is called avoidant. And that's what Ben is. And those are people that really desire to be in a relationship. Um, but as soon as they feel connection and as soon as things start to heat up, they get very uncomfortable um, and they do things that are actually called deactivation behaviors that will push their partner away and keep them at an arm's length. Yeah. So that if you're in a relationship with, with an avoidant, you kind of feel like you're walking on eggshells so as to not like, um, so as to not make them like pull away more or like, you know, ruffle feathers in a way that would disturb the relationship. Right. Um, and these are people that are constantly, as soon as things get intimate, they try to minimize the intimacy. They tend to have a hard time sharing, 
um, personal or intimate details that makes them uncomfortable. Um, um, and what's interesting too is they're often more avoidance in the single dating pool than in the general population because they tend to cycle through. So a lot of people that are secure are paired up in relationships. Um, And so that was, yeah, that was kind of interesting to me. But one thing that's important to note is that the styles are malleable. So for example, I would say that um, even though I think I had two very consistent parents, I think just like the way I'm wired genetically, I might be a little bit more on the anxious side, but because of like the work I've invested in personal development and growth, I think I, um, I like show up as secure in a relationship. Right. Cause you put Um, in the time. Yeah. Put in in the The time and the work. Yeah. Um, so what's interesting is that like the very worst combination would be an anxious person with an avoidant because right. they bring out each other's worst beliefs about relationships. Right. Um, so I thought that that was interesting. So that's an example of like just one of the many books that I read um, coming out of this experience just to kind of get a better understanding of um, like men and then also myself um, and how I am in relationships and um, you know, because that's ended like, up. yeah, I mean, a big part of it is not just analyzing what was going on or like, we think we just want all these answers about where the other person was coming from. But ultimately, it's like, the more we understand where we're coming from, mm-hmm. the better. What do you think? What type do you think you are, Aaron? Mm-hmm. What was the majority of the population? The warmth one? There's like, there's secure, mm-hmm. anxious and avoidant. Yeah. Secure yeah. then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Secure. I think secure. Yeah. 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 I would say secure for me too. Yeah. Guys, yeah. we're just all too good at relationships over here. <laughs> I love it. So doing um, reading, I also like to dig into um to reading and stuff in times of when I need some like closure or just sort of like to feel settled. I think I also turn to like I don't go I don't go the like literary route like you. Know, I go more like the old school Google route and probably get okay. bad information. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's just me. Um I mean Google's great as well. Um I'm more I'm like a very auditory learner and so I tend to be less into like the articles and the blog posts and much more into like podcasts or YouTube videos or audiobooks. Um, so that, that tends to be the direction that I go. Um, but essentially like spent several months, um, just like processing and learning and getting a better understanding of like men and like how I am in relationships. And again, like celebrating, okay, these are things that I actually did really well. Um, these were things that were like completely out of my control. And then these are things that I actually like definitely could have done better. Um, and I feel like there's nothing there's nothing better than that. Like there's nothing better than having an experience that inspires you to like do the work and like grow and then become a better version of yourself. Totally. Um, so, and then I would say the final step. So like if we're going through this like recovery process, the first is like the reflecting. Um, and I shared the example of journaling and then um, uh, step two would be like the learning. Um, so getting kind of a greater understanding Um, And then step three, which has been like the most fun um, and super creative is sharing, like sharing your experiences. So I mentioned that I wrote uh, or I authored several blog posts 
um, coming out of this. And like, I spoke at a storytelling event, which was super fun. Mm -hmm. Um, and then actually gave a talk to a group of 20 something Jewish professionals. Um, some of, yeah, some of, most of whom were single, some of whom were, um, in, in the early stages of relationship, but essentially like on modern dating, everything from like navigating dating apps to how to strike up a conversation, um, in person, if you're not into the dating app thing to like how to move from like a match to a meeting. So I was essentially able to share a lot of the knowledge that I, um, you know, learned over the years, um, with like a slightly younger group of folks, which was a lot of fun. And then I recently got interviewed. There's a woman who, um, is in grad school, um, and she's doing a research project on relationships and like got interviewed by her. Um, and then obviously like this podcast. Um, so, um, just like having, um, the most fun kind of, you know, sharing my experiences and, um, and kind of getting creative with all of the lessons learned. I love it. Do you, do you feel like then, or like, where are you right now? Are you just, are you back on the apps? Are you feeling like, is there anyone on the horizon? Are you just still (laughs) digging into like working on your own headspace? What's going on? Yeah. um, I've had some odd experiences. Um, I actually have dated, you know, two people since, um, since I dated Ben (laughs) and both were, I actually love, I love the um, dating experiences that are bizarre and funny because I just, I I, you know, I enjoy, um, I enjoy the humor of life. Um, and I, I won't go into to them because I don't want to like derail. Um, but like had two, had two experiences that were not a good fit. Um, and I, and like I said, like, even when something doesn't work out, I really um, take time to like process it and like what I did well and like what the other person maybe didn't do so well. Um, so just coming out of like um, weird experience number two, um, and, you know, have some, have some dates lined up for the next few weeks with guys, um, that I've had phone calls with. So like, you know, know that we'd at least have a good conversation and a good time. Right. Um, yeah. So definitely getting back out there. Um, but, um, you know, not, not going to move too fast. Um, and definitely, you know, not gonna continue to date someone unless I'm like really feeling like they're, they're adding value, um, in, in a positive way. Of course. And do you think you'll ever communicate with Ben again? Um, You know, it's funny. Um, I went to, um, are you guys familiar with an author? Um, Byron Katie is her name. She's been on um, Oprah's Super Soul Sunday before. Okay. Um, So her, uh, I would say probably most well-known book might even have been her first book. I'm not sure. It's called Loving What Is. Um, and she's one of my absolute favorites. Um, so if I were to recommend like, you know, the top five books that have really impacted my life, she would definitely be in that top five. Um, and I've done two live events with her. Um, one was several years ago and then, um, the other was this December. And so you asked if I'm still in touch with Ben. So so, it, um, so her, I'll, I'll summarize her, um, her philosophy. Um, essentially, um, she believes that a lot of our suffering comes from believing thoughts that we have that aren't necessarily true. And she has a hmm. framework for questioning thoughts. 
So an example would be um, um, like Ben um, shouldn't have ghosted me. And so the first question that she asks in her framework is, um, is this thought true? And so you might say, yeah, it's true. And then she says, can you absolutely believe that this is true? Okay, no, I can't like absolutely believe that this is true. And then she asks, um, how do you feel when you believe this thought? And so some of the responses would be, um, I feel angry. I feel ignored. I feel unworthy. Um, and then who would you be without this thought? You know, I would be more open to other men. Um, I would feel better about myself. You get the point. Mm -hmm. And then she has you flip. (laughs) She has you flip the statement around. So you can flip it in two ways. One would be, I shouldn't have ghosted me. And the other is Ben Mm -hmm. should have ghosted me. And so she has you look at all of the ways in which um, there was, there were positive things that resulted from that experience and all of the ways in which you have done, um, you have acted in a similar way. Um, and so essentially I went to this, um, I went to this seminar. It's a, it's like a full day event. And um, the whole time she's literally just uh, totally on the fly, calling people up from the audience and going through this framework with them. And she has a wonderful sense of humor and she's really captivating. She has this quality to her. Um, if you like, if you Google her super soul Sunday um, talk, you'll kind of see what I mean. Um, but so the, the whole time, um, you know, obviously you kind of come with certain questions or scenarios in mind. And the thing that I needed to work through was the experience with Ben. And I felt like um, as this um, as this full day event was ending, like I felt this sense of peace and I ended up texting him. It was right around New Year's Eve. And I texted him and I said um, something along the lines of, oh, he had this running joke. Um, as you noticed, I mentioned a couple like retreats and conferences that I go to. So he had this running joke, like there's a retreat for that. Um, you know, <laughs> like the, the whatever the Verizon slogan, there's an app for that or something. Um, so so like jokingly said like, hey, um, you know, just finished just finished a retreat and um, was thinking about um, our time together and um, wanted to thank you for um, being a teacher. A lot of the lessons I learned were hard but important, like, you know, all the best for 2018. Um, and then like weirdly heard back from him right before, I headed off to that New Year's Eve event that we both happened to be at. Um, and he sent me like a very thoughtful um, note back or, you know, as thoughtful as as it could be coming from someone that ignored you. Right. Um, and, and said, like, I truly hope that we can continue to be friends. Um, and so we've kind of been texting here and there. But I kind of noticed, like, um, I'm not like it's not really adding value, you know, to my life. Like I love, I love his sense of humor, but it's hard to, it's hard to like um, feel good about staying in touch with someone who treated you like shit. So, um, so I don't, I don't imagine that we'll, we'll stay in touch. Um, But definitely don't feel, I feel like I got so much value out of this experience. Like I don't feel, you know, I don't feel like taken advantage of. Um, I don't feel like, um, I mean, I certainly like lost a lot of respect for him that I had initially, but I'm not like resentful, you know? Right. Um, and I would say 
I learned this lesson that I think is so simple, but it's like really kind of the only lesson I feel like you need for life, which is that a person's incredible qualities and the attraction you feel, it's never reason enough to continue dating them. Most important is how they treat you and that they choose you. Um, And I think that, again, like, you know, when we're learning about love, especially like as, you know, as little girls growing up, it's like, oh, you have like these sparks or these like fireworks and like the connection is incredible. And, um, you know, you feel this certain way and you think, oh, so that's what I hold out for. You know, that's what that's what the pinnacle is. And it's not. It's how the person treats you. And it's to me, it's like now when you think about it, it's such a simple, obvious lesson Um, But it's a really hard one to learn. Um, And I would say of all of the lessons I got out of Ben, and I actually, one of the blog posts I wrote, I I laid out 10. um, And I'm happy to share that link in the show notes if you guys wanted to to link to it. Um, But, uh, but of all those, of all the lessons I learned, that's it. It's that it's, it's not enough to, to feel the fireworks and um, you know, the delicious, the dopamine and the serotonin and the oxytocin and all of those crazy addictive chemicals that you feel um, when you're with someone you're attracted to. It's not enough. It's about the investment, um, both in you and in the partnership. Um, so that's what I'm going to bring to my next relationship. I love it. And it's so true. It's like, you know, at the end of the day, you just we get caught up in these like ghosting experiences and we're chasing something or we're getting frustrated, you know, with dating. But at the end of the day, it's super fucking corny, but you just got to love yourself enough to just, you know, say no to the dudes, even when the sex is good (laughs) and, (laughs) and trust that someone's out there that's going to both make great salmon and also text (laughs) you back. (laughs) I love it. Leah, thank you so much for sharing your story, for sharing your insights. This is great. And um, where can people um, follow you on social media or learn more about you, which, of course, we'll also put in the show notes. But just shout out anything you want to plug. Well, I'm one of like the two people left on the planet that doesn't have an Instagram. What? <laughs> it's just too, it's like too much for me to handle right now. I'm, I'm really into Facebook and I love like sharing content and like um, coming across new content um, on Facebook um, and just spend way too much time on it already. So I have cut myself off from adding any more social networks, okay, but I'm on, I'm on Facebook. Um, sometimes I'll tweet on um on Twitter, my handle is Leapcast, L-E-A-P-C-A-S-T. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are probably the two best ways to contact me. All right. Great. Fantastic. Well, you're the best. I hope <laughs> you stay safe in whatever weather is happening in Chicago. Yes. And here, well, I mean, by the time we post this, it will have been a blip on the radar. But we're supposed to right. get yet another, like, Nor'easter. Nor'easter. We're yeah, right. every three days now. But um, <laughs> thank you so much, Leah. And uh, I'm going to we have a lot of reading to do. Yeah. Over on our That's own. right. We start a book club. <laughs> we should right. have a Ghost of book club. All right. And thank you guys for tuning in as always. And we'll see you next week. Boo. Boo.